Hello, it's Jack Tutor here of Attention Magazine. Welcome to Crucial Listening, the podcast where I speak with musicians and sound artists about three albums that are important to them. My guest this time is Obey Al-Sharani, a musician who made one of my favourite records of last year, Sandbox. It's a record with a cover that's generated by Obey's video feedback art. You feed the output of a video mixer back into itself. And the album itself, the music, speaks to a similar affection for residue, for the past being baked into the present. It reminds me of an old chair with pop marks on it, with little fractures that speak to a history that's baked into the object itself, a past narrative that can't help but announce itself in the present. These electronic textures that he uses, these melodies, they falter as if the tape is bending. There's this huge, thick presence of interference and static, which seems so mindfully sculpted throughout the album. I love it. Obey was actually based in Syria up until a point in the 2010s where he fled and ended up in Sweden, where he now resides after a year spent in refugee accommodation as he awaited his residency status confirmation. And Obey's personal story comes up and is intrinsic to a lot of the stories around these important picks. It was such a treat to speak to Obey. I really hope you enjoy this one. As always, head over to attentionmagazine.co.uk forward slash crucial listening for all of the back episodes and the links associated with this one. Head over to coffee, ko-fi.com forward slash crucial listening where you can throw a small donation in the direction of the podcast to help cover the outgoings that keep everything ticking. Thank you so much for your support as always. And that's it. Hope you enjoy it. This is Obey Al-Sharani on Crucial Listening. Hello, Obey. Welcome to Crucial Listening. Hey, Jacques. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Thanks for coming on. So you're here to talk about three important albums. Before we get to those picks of yours, I want to return to your album Sandbox, which came out on Hivemind yeah. this time last year, which seems to have gone yeah. very quickly. Um, I'm yeah. still playing this one all the time. It's so good. I'm intrigued as to whether or not your relationship with this record has has changed. I mean, do you still listen to it? Do you think about it differently? What does that look like? Oh, such a good question, actually. Um, you know, like there is a relationship between, you know, the, the person that, you know, writes the music, and especially when there's an emphasis on sound design. Uh, 
because you will start listening to it again and you will see those mistakes, you know, <laughs> and um, it, it's inevitable in, in the end. But I think after finishing it, I couldn't listen to it anymore. Because mm-hmm. I, between you know, writing it and mixing it, I, I like listened to it hundreds of times. Right, so of I course. couldn't. I, yeah, yeah, I couldn't. But it was, you know, I, I, the the purpose of it was actually making it for myself. So I kept listening to it, you know, occasionally. Um, but after a while, I really fell in love with it again because, you know, even with those things that I would say that I would change. But I, I would I wouldn't now because it really represents the idea of embracing mistakes rather than you know going 100% into perfectionism. Mm. So it, it was more like a learning experience. That I you know I love it. I really I feel proud of it. Awesome. How long did it take actually to to put together, start to finish? Um, it it was. It, it took a long time, but I, I, to be honest, I don't remember exactly how I was, you know, how it it, it was written, like vividly. I, I, I write music just because, you know, I feel something. You know, it might be mm. uh, feeling sad or feeling, you know, happy. Or, uh, uh, but I think it was just because now I'm, I'm uh, now writing the new album, so I can see, you know, there is a bit of contrast because. Sandbox, I think, has been written like uh, really fast. You know, the tracks. I don't think I've written a lot of music at that time. You know, maybe like thirteen tracks, and I just picked ten. Now mm. I like have sixty, seventy ideas, and I'm, I have picked <laughs> only three, honestly. <laughs> so yeah, but wow. <laughs> but it it was uh, it was a really emotional time for me. You know, and uh, I was just you know like opening the laptop and, you know, launching Ableton and just playing music and whatever comes, you know, that, that, and, and if it felt right, yeah, I would take it. One of my favorite things about the record is the use of interference and static. Uh, mm. I, I mean, it's mm. occasionally, you know, when I, when I've heard it in other contexts, in other records by other artists, so often it's tucked at the back. It feels in your record so far forward and that really allows an appraisal of how it feels so sculpted, it feels so deliberate. Um, I'm intrigued as to how you generate the interference that appears on your record, given it plays such a prominent role. Where is that coming from? And, and do you see it as a big part of the sound that you're putting together? Absolutely, it's uh, it's a huge part of it because um, I um, I figured out few things, you know, while working in Ableton and learning and producing music. Because before Sandbox, I was only making um, beat music, you mm. know, um, with and I would use the Oriental samples, you know, for music from the the Middle East. But I was uh, I, I really wanted to these oriental music i wanted to to have it on either vinyl or tape you know and uh, because i processed a lot of it a lot of uh, music on on these mediums i gained some some knowledge and insight about how would you treat sound and treat audio uh, and i would be online you know i would be on the internet and downloading you know people uh, ripping vinyls and tapes and putting it online so th- i remember it i was still um in the camp, you know, at the beginning, 
here in Sweden, and I was way, way up north. And I did something. Um, uh, it was a it was a record of Nai music, if you know it. It's a Nai. It's a flute instrument, mm. but it's in the Middle East. And the player did something that he was playing, and there was just like one second where he stayed like droning on one note, one note, you know. And um, because it was on vinyl, it. It sounded so much beautiful. So I just <laughs> clipped that audio, uh, put it in sampler, and turned it into a, like a sample-based instrument where you can play it. And the thing went way so much out of its context. You know, it, um, mm. it, 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 it was something else, you know, completely not nigh music. It was like a pad, you know, beautiful sound. And uh, I realized that, and I told myself, this, is, this sounds really good, you know. But then I started, like, I had a mental note. Whenever you find these sounds, keep it. You know, just, you know, clip it, <laughs> put it in a file and keep them. Uh, because it, it can be, you know, like, tiresome if you... Uh, sometimes you just want to drag and drop stuff. Uh, yes. So uh, I, I started collecting these sounds and... Um, playing them and but i never thought i would um, make a, a record out of it it was just you know like for me actually but because these uh, these sounds come directly already on tape and uh, vinyl so these you know little things these little mistakes um, uh, imperfections they will come naturally you know but uh, it would be like a nightmare for a, a sound engineer <laughs> so i but <laughs> yeah. i <laughs> but i i um, since i have like some insight on treating the the audio and uh, turning it into an instrument and playing it it grew with time you know because some people would use you know people are uh, use different uh, approaches with some people would uh, record directly on tape some people would use you know plugins that emulate uh, tape and vinyl uh, uh, medium uh, but uh, i found out that taking really interesting sound that i i know that they work uh, generates a lot of beautiful results also i wanted to ask about the synthesizers you're using because the tones are absolutely gorgeous. I was just listening to Thank you. Speak Your Truth earlier today. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the fact that that tone is so wonderful means that melody can be so utterly simple and throttled back, just lets the synthesizer sing out. I mean, where, where, where do your synths originate from? Are they analog? Uh, are they soft synths? Um, yeah, what are you using? Actually, you know, if I need to use uh, a synthesizer, it would be uh, Ableton's uh, native uh, synthesizer, Wavetable. Nice. That's the only thing that I own. Yeah, yeah honestly. Uh, but I'm thinking, you know, you know, in the future, um, I need to buy some gear. But I was <laughs> more interested in buying video gear, actually, you know, to uh, uh, analog video gear. But um, since I can treat audio to make it sound like a, a synthesizer it's more like an audio treated to sound like a synth actually right you know yeah, people yeah. I, I i know people wouldn't realize this at the beginning but when i tell them and they start imagining it and i would then absolutely i have to process the sound a lot you know to to get these timbres these um these stones, you know to uh, have i mean the the, the the initial result is 
already beautiful, but it needs some processing with effects and equalizing. Um, but it's actually uh, treated audio and uh, to, uh, really snippets of audio made into instruments that I can play, you know, on my keyboard and my uh, yeah. And your video feedback art as well. I wonder if you could tell me a bit about that. I mean, obviously there were a number of tracks that came out with videos when Sandbox came mm. out and mm. obviously the artwork for the record itself came with lots of stills from this work. Uh, exactly. I don't know much about this, but I watching the videos, I kind of get a glimpse into the sort of process it involves. I mean, what mm. is video feedback art and how did you get into it? Yeah, that's um, a really interesting thing that uh, it happened honestly by coincidence that um, when I was still wanting to make uh, uh, beats and, you know, uh, with oriental samples, I had an idea that I need to make visual side of it. And, uh, you know, as a person, I'm a, I consider myself actually a visual person. Um, and so uh, I wanted to, I had an idea of uh, collecting um, videos uh, uh, from Arabic channels, uh, documentaries on uh, from from the, the Middle East, and just compiling them together. You know, it's a, an idea made a lot, I think. Mm. And I thought uh, just to give it, you know, like a feeling, I would record it on VHS, and I would use a video mixer um, to just, you know, like make the transition more like, you know, uh, retro, ha ha has a retro feeling to it. Mm. So I uh, went online and, uh, on eBay and uh, I uh, searched for a video mixer that these things, they stopped making them, I think, in the uh, early uh, 2000. <laughs> now they make still video mixers, but it, it's um, not in that way. They are just only to switch between A and B. But before that, they were like, um, I mean, I have a, one video mixer now that is made in West Germany. These things are so beautiful. <laughs> so when when I was ordering one, um, I remember reading it wh while you know waiting for it to be delivered. I, I remember it was from France, and um, I read online that you can generate feedback with it because feedback is you know it it has a lot of applications. But like to just make it simple, it's when you have an output of uh, of the the mixer and you feed it again into the input. Um, if there is a unit called time-based corrector there inside this uh, mixer, it like the the mixer goes wild, you know, and it can <laughs> and start generating all these beautiful imagery, you know. And I I read about it. I didn't not I wasn't sure I can you know make it. I I was aware of feedback art, but I never you know didn't think I can do it. So I did. The uh, the visual, you know, the first idea about you know the, those clips, those from you know the the Middle East, and it was okay, you know. I felt yeah, it it uh, it was like you know a bit you know generative, you know, or uh, generic. Sorry, um, yeah, right. uh, but then then I thought, how about I try and make you know feedback? And the first time I saw it on my TV on my CRT. Like I was sold. I was like, "This is it. This is me. This is this is absolutely gorgeous." I, I, 
you know, like seeing it, you know, in first time, especially on the TV, um, I, it's so beautiful. It's so organic. And um, mm. then I could, I couldn't stop buying video mixer. You know, um, <laughs> I own like uh, honestly, I like um, I counted them. They are around fourteen, but um, I have wow. also other. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have also other uh, video gear, and I I started like reading a lot about them, and it's just a rabbit hole, man. Really, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are they? Um, I mean, because they've stopped making them. Are they expensive or cheap now? Yeah, I mean, no, uh, they are becoming expensive because a lot of people have uh, realized uh, <laughs> their potential. Not not only, I mean, they are mostly used for feedback, but um, they are really creative people who would even, um, uh, they would edit the circuit. And there's like an art form called circuit bending. Yes, where people yeah. would edit um, the, the a bit, you know, like they, they mess up with the electric board there to generate even more uh, visuals. It depends already on what the video mixer, some, some components in, uh, in it. But um, yeah, they went up in prices. So, uh, oh. but I, I, I mean, I, I can't, I, you know, whenever I see one that I really need, I can't, you know, so I have like a priority <laughs> because, you know, Jacques, I mean, these things aren't made anymore. So it's yeah. like, it's history. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. We had, no, I saw, in fact, I saw on Facebook you posted someone doing Circuit mm. Bent FIFA 2003. Uh, which... This is actually me, yeah. yeah oh, was it you? Oh, wow. Yeah, so yeah. So cool. Yeah. yeah, but actually it was, it's, uh, this one was a PlayStation 1 that uh, a really uh, talented guy who made it, and he made, like, only one. And when I saw it, I thought, I, I can't. I, I, I need it. I really need it. And it was the fastest purchase I ever made. But yeah, it was, you know, uh, yeah, I, I really love it. You mentioned earlier, in fact, you've got a new album in the works. Uh, you're yeah. probably right in the thick of it right now. I don't know how much you can say about it. I mean, what can people expect? Um... I feel really proud of it, but it's still in the making, you know. Um, so uh, I thought, I mean, a lot of ideas started coming because after I felt there was a lot of good feedback that uh, Sandbox has got, I, I never anticipated that. So I was mm. a bit scared, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, and, I, and these ideas, you know, start starting coming to you when you say, what is the logical next step? after Sandbox. Mm. Um, so I, I wrote a lot of music. Um, some of it was good, but, you know, I, I wasn't feeling any of it until I told myself, you know, just uh, at the end of last year that I need to make something that I need first. Mm. You know, I don't care if people like it or not. And it it, uh, it takes courage. I, I, I wouldn't, you know, had these ideas when I started, you know, writing Sandbox because no one anticipated anything. But, right, yeah, um, exactly. But now the sounds are, you know, coming out. I'm, I'm having, you know, an idea of what it sounds like. Yeah, it's definitely, um, th there. I would say there are similarities in the aspect of... Um, 
these artifacts, you know, uh, and the the uh, reliance on tape and vinyl mediums. But I would say, as a feeling, it's more like it has a a bit melancholic and uh, I would say existential feeling to it. But there are a lot of new things that I haven't done on Sandbox. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. Obey. Let's go to your three important albums. I mean, one question. I like to ask before we get into your picks is how you thought about the word important when coming up with your list. I mean, was there a way that you interpreted important in order to pick the three records that you did? So the word important is actually important um, because uh, I would say that, um, you know, a lot. I mean, I, I love a lot of music and I listen to a lot of music from all genres, you know, and um, but um, I thought that when you know i need to pick the music that really shaped what i do but also um um gave me the freedom to to do what i uh, what what i at least i have done on sandbox because you know um it's it's really powerful when you when you have sometimes ideas in your head and sometimes you you find out uh, a musician or a band that they did the same thing and it gives you freedom it gives you you know totally. that it's okay to think that you know it's um uh it really comforts you know so uh, these things were very important for me yeah well let's go for your first one which one do you want to talk about first um i would start with words of canada yeah cool. music as well yeah absolutely works for me so yeah give me a little introduction as to why this one is important to you um it's extremely important um so i um like when i was a teenager i used to listen to a lot of uh, heavy metal music and i really loved it at that time but i by the end i i grew a bit out of it i still listen to it you know occasionally but i needed something else you know and um I, I had a, like a prog phase. I had a you know grunge phase, <laughs> um, and uh, then I discovered Radiohead, and uh, I discovered I thought of them at the beginning only as a an electronic, uh, uh, sorry, as a rock band. But then I discovered you know the electronic side of it, and I would start listening to some electronic music. I, I then discovered Warp Records, you know, um, mm. and I it was a, a time where I would I, I'm starting to listen listen to electronic music seriously, you know, but I uh, could not at that time I remember I couldn't understand Aphex Twin or Autocur. It was still very new to me, yes. but I took notice of Boards of Canada that. Um, it, they sound very interesting, but I'm not sure what is that exactly. And I did not listen to them a lot, um, but there was just one occasion where um, something happened and um, I sat and I listened to that album in like uh, from from start to finish and I was blown away. I, I like I told I got it I and I understand that completely. And it was a revelation for me, that album. And you said that these records enabled you to feel like you could do certain stuff within your music. Yeah. They shaped what you do. I mean, what does that look like with Music Has the Right to Children? Um, so, you know, 
sometimes, you know, you feel like um, as an artist, even if you are like painting or whatever art form you are doing, you have to pick a subject. You know, you have to pick something. You have to base it around something. But there, and and uh, it's okay. I mean, that that's the nature of things. But I was really interested about when you are aren't exactly sure of what is the thing is all about, and that thing mm-hmm. I got it directly from uh, music as right because um, the music is very mysterious. You aren't exactly sure what it's about, you know, but you have strong feelings about it. You have strong imagery that is coming out of, you know, that music. It, it stimulates imagery. And, like, I felt that there were times when, when I would, especially, like, in Aquarius, uh, that track, I would feel like I am an alien inside a, a womb in a machine, you know. And uh, <laughs> I was so cool about it. It's okay. I love it there. Um, uh, so these things, I don't know how you can, you know, explain it. But... Um, also, especially when you you know use the word mysterious and arcane, and you, I mean, the first ideas comes to mind. You know, music, especially from where I would started listening to music, you know, like heavy metal, that I need you know to produce things that are more dark, you know. But especially the use of beats that are more like, I'm not sure if it's the right word to say, but I would say hip hop beats, you know. Yeah, or, totally. you know driven by by that and especially like there, there are you know snippets that are um, there, there there is the use of turntables for example but in a way that is so creative and so open and i felt like there's a beautiful freedom in that you know and um even even like i i would say when i was you know a child i would um since we played all these you know video games and uh, whenever you put like the cartridge uh sometimes it can you know if you put it in a wrong way it can produce on the tv some glitches beautiful yeah. glitches yeah if you remember these things you know like, like uh, ones and zeros and um but uh, i i i thought that even though as a child i saw these things very beautifully and i i thought they are very beautiful i never thought i could capture these things or you know make art of it Mm. music of both of canada enabled that for me you know they said you can do whatever you want you know and your feelings are justified um and that was very important for me yeah i totally see what you're saying about this sense of mystery with boards of canada i think Mm. especially with this record you get the impression that it's trying to communicate something through yeah a bunch of patterns right so you get Mm. the kind of references to number stations or numbers generally you get the colors you get the children you get these thematic things that keep coming round, and you're like why why do we keep returning to these specific themes like there must be something that i should be ingesting yet it's mm. never put in a plain sentence for you which i guess is why there's incentive to come back round to it right exactly and and um uh especially like the use of spoken words um it Mm. was very important for me that you know it's not only music you know you can do whatever and and it will still feel in a way musical it was important to to listen to these experiments and the use of it not you know not too much and but just like the right amount at the right place it would sound really beautiful with music has the rights to children do you have 
a this is a cruel question do you have a favorite track aquarius absolutely really wow. Also, no pause. wow yeah 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 because i mean i when i listen to it like um i i, I i'm not sure but i would guess they put some um uh, a, a type of you know bandpass filter on the pads so there was like a sense of you are underwater yes um uh, i from just the first seconds, you realize that. But I love Rue uh, the World also. Uh, also, I um, I really love it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the one for me that always stood out. I think it still probably is my favorite. Is Telephasic Workshop. Yeah, um, I love that track as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it, they never really got as sparse as that again like you get it with like 6010 as well where the mm. melody is played on a synthesizer that keeps dropping out right and it's mm. so mm. intermittent or so faint um mm. things get more layered after that point i mean in fact are there other records by boards of canada that you connect with as well all of them i really <laughs> love all of them i love uh, you know like um what what was the, it's called thousand maybe or uh, tourism, I really love that. Oh, tourism, uh, yes, high scores. yes, yes. Yeah, high scores, I love it uh, so much. But even like their latest, uh, which almost like 10 years now, uh, Tomorrow's Harvest. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I connect with all of them. But um, music has right, um, it, uh, it's something else, you know. And uh, I remember the time exactly when I listened to them. It was a very special moment. And so you discovered it as a, a teenager, you say, uh, similar to mm. how I asked about your relationship with your record, I mean, how has your relationship with this album changed, if it has, over the course of you being in its company? I think I ruined it for me because I've listened to it so much and I listened <laughs> to a lot of the <laughs> Boards of Canada music. But yeah. uh, today, actually, I really sat down and I listened to it from start to finish. And uh, really, it brought uh, brought back a lot of memories man um okay. a, a lot of you know things that you you would realize especially like those subtle changes you know the patience that you have to listen to uh music like that because mm. like now even like even if it's, uh, any other music i'm I, I've ruined, you know, my. I'm trying to to get back, you know, to listen to music again in a healthy way. But because you know we have so much control, and you can skip uh, the track, you can, you know, uh, yes. play uh, if if you don't like it from the first three seconds. That's not healthy way to listen to music. For but sure. I, I really miss the, the, these times when I would honestly sit and listen to an album, you know, <laughs> from start to finish. It really healthy way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to bring that back in for myself as well because you never regret it do you but i think it takes a while to muster that inclination when all applications and software are, are encouraging you to 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 flit about yeah when you don't like uh, you need to feel like we we, we now have uh, an attention span i read um, like eight eight seconds you know and, right. and uh, yeah it's um Especially like, uh, I mean, uh, with Boards of Canada, but with a lot of other artists as well, the, the thing, the music that um, you really like, it 
needs to be listened carefully, you know, and it's uh, because especially when a music, you know, uh, that is out of the box, we sometimes go to listen. Now we go to listen to music and we are waiting, you know, for it to explain itself in a mm. very fast way, you know, you, you know, like, please tell me what it is, what you have done. But, um, <laughs> but uh, no, no, that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really encouraging myself to, to listen to things, you know, even if I don't like feel, uh, even if I don't like the music, it's still the best way to listen to it. let's go to your second important record which one do you want to go for um i would uh, take c418 uh, soundtrack from minecraft nice yeah so again give me an introduction to to why this one's important to you yeah this one is uh, also very important um i remember i was uh, in syria and uh, in damascus i've uh, met a friend and I'm I'm not a you know like a video gamer really, and uh, I, I played like a bit League of Legends and you know FIFA, but that's it you know. Mm. Um, uh, but he told me that there is a popular game called Minecraft. He showed me the game. Uh, I thought it looked really beautiful. I'm I'm always you know down with eight uh, bit art you know, and I, I really love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I thought it was a bit annoying because uh, I saw it being played with other people, you know, and people like shouting and uh, you know <laughs> uh, cursing each other. And I, you know, they are all kids. I thought, what is that? But he told me it's a really beautiful game. Try and, and play it. So I mean, you would be surprised. But until today, I never played it uh, with anyone else. Completely alone, you know, like completely on survival wow. mode. I never played it, but yeah, yeah, and um, I still like it that way. Um, but I remember, you know, starting to play the game, uh, getting really, you know, liking it because, as you know, I, I like things where where there is no, you know, clear objective of what you want to do, and then suddenly the music comes, um, and um, it was it, it it was a time for me where. Even though I liked ambient music, I didn't want to confess to myself that I liked it. <laughs> I don't know why, to be honest. It's, um, maybe, you know, I had a, an idea that music that is, should be always, you know, complicated or complex or um, has a lot of flares or, you know, be angry or whatever. I don't know. But I, I really caught attention of the music, you know, uh, being played randomly, you know, and in times where, it, it, you know, I've read that uh, there is no algorithm to it. It just comes randomly. Yeah, uh, but yeah. it always comes in the right uh, moment. Mm. And that's very magical. But it grew, it grew with time, you know. I would, um, the cool thing about it is that when I started playing it, I was in Syria. And uh, then, you know, like years after in, in Sweden, 
and like still in the camp, you know, waiting for my application for my asylum application to be, you know, approved and like way, way in the north of Sweden. And I was still like on the same thing that I built in Syria. So it was, I, I didn't realize how the thing grew on me until that moment, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I told that, I, I said, you know, that, that music is so beautiful. I don't care if it sounds like, like I really love it now, but I thought at the beginning it's so easy or it's simple or, you know, these ideas. Yeah. But now I love it so much. It's, you know, like very warm and, and, and uh, there is a strong sense of melody in it. There's minimalism, um, like a, a beautiful use of reverb, you know, by C418. Uh, his name is Daniel. Um, really love that record. Yeah, I mean, you sent over two parts that he'd done. I mean, I was looking mm. up a bit of background earlier, so I understand there was like a, this initial pack of music that was released onto the game by C418, yeah. and then this beta volume that came in. I mean, it seems like the music has sort of expanded in installments, right? So, I mean... Do you see like the alpha and the, the the beta versions as kind of separate entities? Like from your perspective, do they all flow into one, or are there, are there distinct elements of like volume alpha and volume beta that you think makes them their own works? Well, I, I wasn't you know aware of the game from its release, but uh, I've read that there were only four or five tracks initially written from uh, volume alpha. Right. for minecraft and that was it but then the thing expanded for volume alpha and since the game grew um uh, and there are you know other walls that you can reach within minecraft so it needed different music so you know again became uh, volume better but i realized that um volume alpha is more i connect to the uh, to the game but i like also better because it's um a bit more uh, melancholic and it has more like um let's say more drony feeling to it uh, than alpha i think mm. they you know they both complete each other they are you know really necessary for the game i'm intrigued as well because I, I don't know how many like hours you clocked up playing it uh, I guess a lot, a lot. <laughs> I swear, a lot. <laughs> so, do you end up hearing these pieces of music like a lot of times? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it they happen like every, um, I would say every five minutes. Wow, I'm I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, but you know, if you like are sitting like two or three hours, you know, a day, you would listen to a lot of it. But then, you know, the the, the important thing that. I still, until even, you know, until uh, being in Sweden, I only listened to it through the game, you know, while playing it. Right, but yeah. then I, I found out that I liked it so much that a lot of the tracks uh, started, you know, appearing in my playlist. You know, I'm adding them, you know, on Spotify that I really need to listen to that music. The context of it is very important within the game. But, uh, you know, um, once you are used to it you um it again you know like force of canada it generates a lot of imagery you know yes. and I, I like that yeah yeah i mean that was one thing i was going to ask is that taking it outside the the context of the game must have been mm. a totally different listening experience so did that 
revitalize or change your relationship with the soundtrack to suddenly be listening to it as its, as its own entity yeah um it's uh, an important question i still cannot you know listen to it out of its context but i i would still listen to it uh, not only because you know it's a game in minecraft but actually because um you know i, I mean i don't want to you know like say emotional stuff but it was you know for a time it was really, really um a safe and happy place that game Mm-hmm. you know for me um and i remember you know like the, the premises where i was playing it and um i i would again get that feeling of you know feeling safe feeling happy you know feeling um uh, i mean not, not like happy schmappy stuff but just like really positive vibe yeah uh and um whenever i would listen to it i i mean the game now i would remember it less more now i would uh, appreciate C418 music and his work. He, like, you know, like the use of piano, strings, and harp, and the synths, and all of this stuff, you know, and sometimes even percussive elements. I really respect his work. And, uh, like, I really, I, I'm focusing now more on the artist rather than the game. And I actually, you know, one, one thing that I would add um, just recently, you know, while I was um, applying for work. Since, you know, if you know, uh, Daniel is actually from Germany, but, you know, if you know, uh, Minecraft is a Swedish game. So uh, I was applying for uh, jobs and I found out that uh, Minecraft was uh, hiring a sound designer. So I directly applied. Yeah, yeah, I directly (laughs) applied to them. And they actually sent me, you know, a letter, you know, like, uh, you know, we took another person with, you know, more experience, but really thank you for applying. And it it didn't felt like something they, you know, like uh, uh, an automatic reply. I I felt like someone actually wrote that. And it it still felt really heartwarming to apply. Wow, wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Their headquarters actually in Stockholm. Oh, right, where you are, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, hopefully one day. Hopefully, yeah. So, so do you still play the game? Uh, way less now because uh, I'm trying to focus on uh, making music, but I uh, visit it sometimes. Mm. You know, but way less. I, I really listen to the uh, the soundtrack more now. Um, but I really love the idea of creating, you know, and uh, it has a lot of creators. And, and I love, you know, when um, I'm more interested in the art of the game, you know, and this uh, the, the, not only Minecraft, but just, you know, like especially retro games rather mm-hmm. than playing the game itself. I really love the the aspect of, uh, you know, the technology that was uh, they used back then. I mean, in fact, in that sense, are there any other games that you've discovered since minecraft that give you the same appreciation for say the design behind it um i uh, there was one game with uh, also a beautiful soundtrack actually you should check it it's called elemental okay um it's a really beautiful game and the soundtrack is really well done um it, it's by an artist called mindtree you should check it out. It's really beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. Nice. All right, I'll get on it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, all these, I really appreciate these indie games, you know, more than big developers. You know, I, lo- I mean, I love all, all of it, but uh, th- there's just this extra beautiful thing, you know, like this little magic about these games, you know, indie games. 
people who like you know uh, an office of three four developers you know writing a whole game it's really beautiful but i i i really want to to go through you know especially you know retro games but i want to get you know get back to gaming a bit definitely let's go to your final important record so what have we got uh it's uh seller discourse of the wither and could you give me a little introduction as to why this one's important to you yeah this one is um i really had a difficult time choosing which album because um seller releases a lot of music like <laughs> yeah. a lot of releases you know if you have noticed but um this was actually the uh, the album that um, when I listened to it, I, I really have a strong uh, relationship and, and, and place in my heart for seller music and nothing like it. I, I mean, I, I think the only other artist would be Jan Teresen, the, the uh, French mm. uh, pianist, if you know him. Um, that's only, you know, the, the uh, two artists because... Um, it's very emotional, but I picked this uh, this album in particular because it has one of the most beautiful tracks I've ever listened to, and it reminds me a bit of uh, Syria. It's very sad. It's very you know tragic, and uh, I, I always you know um, after like now eleven years of revolution, I still wonder how can you write music about Syria? You know, I don't know. How, mm. but um, especially there's that track called uh, The Carved God is Gone, Waking Above the Pilious Cloud. And there is like, it's it's a, just a beautiful thing uh, that, you know, you are immersed in. And just like out of nowhere comes the sound of uh, a demonstration. Yeah. I think I'm not sure what, what is the, the language. I'm maybe like, you know, Spanish or Portuguese. I'm, I'm not sure what is it, but... Um, it really reminded me of Syria, you know, like uh, that tragic thing that happened. There, There is no way to put it, but that music, you know, helps me connect with it. Absolutely. But a lot of, a lot of, you know, like I love everything that this guy does. And it was, you know, it was still in the time where Seller was actually a, a, a duo project between uh, yes. uh, Will Long and his wife. And uh, she passed away. But this was one of the albums that they made together, so I had to pick this one. Yeah, that track with the demonstration in it is really quite alarming. I think I've heard a few seller records, but none of mm. them have had a presence like that on there, and it's yeah. kind of almost the last thing you expect to hear within the context exactly, of a record. Exactly, like yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. Um, something that could be considered in terms of being very abstracted is suddenly brought to something based in a place and politicized as well, which I guess ambient often is considered not 
whether that's right or not. But yeah, it, I, I was listening to it in bed and it kind of uh, mm. shook me. <laughs> Suddenly it didn't feel like the right place to be listening to that record, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I always thought that, um, you know, uh, just like honesty demands abstraction, you know, sometimes. Mm. But just like the right use of the thing, you know, I, I, I mean, I, you don't know how to have a strategy to use that, you know, sample inside that type of track. But it just, it fits. Yes. You don't know how, but it fits. Yeah. You know, um, um, and, but all of his music, um, it really uh, have a, a strong emotion, you know, to it. Um, the only thing that I can, you know, think about in that way would be like um, the Sufi music, the dervish music, if you know it, from Syria and the Middle East, mm. and would also would be the the ch the Christian chanting of the Byzantine era, also in the Middle East. It it really holds, uh, you know, like a, I have a connection with it. That music gives me goosebumps, but you know, e even cellar does it way better for me. Wow! It's, it's my my happy place, my safe place that I I always you know find myself. I need to to go back to. I can't you know I like I can't speak about how I love that music for hours, but it's just really special for me. Do you remember how you discovered the music of cellar? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, again in um, in uh, in the camp in north of Sweden. I listened to it, but I remember I listened to a track that um, it had a more like a, a noise element to it. Uh, so I wasn't, I wasn't really, uh, didn't really caught my attention. Mm. Um, I, I got into one of the very few drone artists that I really like, uh, Lost Mode. Mm -hmm. I remember at that time, and I thought, you know, it's really beautiful, but I would love if there more, are more strings. And I don't know why I went back to Seller, but I just, I wasn't even aware that they released a lot of music. And just went to another track, and th there is, I, I'm not sure which track that I have heard, but there was just that moment where I felt something that is so holy and godly and otherworldly. Um, I know that ambient and drone music has that element, you know, throughout mm. that genre. It's, uh, you know, some, but but not in that way. You know, like you feel like, you know, you are honestly over a cloud and looking over, you know, like down on, on the city and, uh, you know, you are just comfortable there. You know, there, there's nothing like it. Mm. And um, uh, that was the time. And it was, I, I remember also, you know, like taking notes to myself that, I've never heard something like that, and you should consider making that type of music. You know, you should consider that place because it's I really where I want to be sometimes. When you say that type of music, you mean something that evokes like that sensation, that feeling. Exactly, and you know, like a, a true emotional impact. You know that um, sometimes you listen to a lot of. You know, like I need to listen also to whatever, you know, I can have, you know, from all over genres, but there's just, you know, a place where you can, I don't, I don't, I cannot find it, you know, in other music. I find it only in, in drone music and particularly with Seller. Were there any other records? It sounds like you, you, you said you struggled to f figure out which one to pick. Which other ones mm. were in the mix here? Uh, there is a uh, an album called um, I'm not sure exactly how it's pronounced, 
it's, I think it's Japanese, but uh, it's called Cheche. Yes. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I loved it so much. You know, it has um, uh, some of the really tracks that I like, like um, uh, for the uh, entirety and uh, Our Dream to be Stranger uh, and Rain's Lit by Neon. Um, but I uh, now, because, you know, like I really can't, uh, since I re- also need to listen to different music. So whenever I put, uh, uh, I want to listen to Seller, now I, I just always put it on shuffle. And I don't, you know, remember the names, but because since the, he has a huge uh, discography, I just want to listen to, I don't want to get, you know, comfortable with certain tracks. I want to listen to everything that uh, they have done. I'm intrigued when you heard Seller did it, bring you into discovering any other artists like once you had this feeling yeah of absolutely um uh, uh sarah davashi i think um i i remember uh, listening to her but uh, i think uh, one or two years after and i to be honest i did not like always the the, the type of music that i like i don't get it from the first time honestly because mm. it always would be like out of the box. But um, I listened to Sarah's work and um, I, I wasn't sure what it was, but it was very intriguing. But I, I, I wasn't like in the mood and or, you know, like it, it demands attention. Yeah. You know, it demands that you are connected, you know, on, on a certain level or just don't listen to it. But I, <laughs> uh, I remember listen, listening to just understanding how like how the music changes like the, those little things you know the, these uh, melodies uh, uh, not melodies but actually you know chords changing with time the changes that she introduces when i just like understood what she is doing i thought wow that's blasphemy that's something completely different how mm. how can you be that you know free and and uh, like really having a lot of attention to the instrument that you are making be so brave and be you know yeah. um, there is just a, a track um, uh, border of uh, the mind and magdalena i mean i love them so much i always to them um last mode but actually last mode i i listened to it uh, before uh seller and i also loved uh, uh his uh, late wife uh daniela bakre uh, work also uh, she she does she did the separate work as well and i really loved her work yes yeah. chubby wolf yeah exactly yeah yeah stuff was amazing um mm. Yeah, so if you think back to listening to Discourse of the Withered, is mm. there a particular memory that comes into your head of a specific place that you were listening or, you, you know, any me- uh, memories that protrude particularly? Yeah, uh, I, you would laugh actually, but um, uh, it the, uh, the cover art, uh, if you have uh, looked yes. at it, it's uh, a place where there's a lake and there's a road and like the side of the road and like there's a, a, a like mountain way 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 back there it really looked the, the the like the same place where i was staying up north it was really the the, the same way because we, oh, we wow. it was a, a small village and like just the street outside was e420 you know, there was nothing there. And there was a huge lake there and a dam. 
uh, and I am I, I always whenever I look to that picture, I I I remember it. But I also I don't know why I um, uh, again you know like especially that track the carved card is gone. Um, it really reminded me because in like of Hafez al-Assad, the, the, the president, the, the first dictator, mm. um, because he did a lot of, you know, status for himself around Syria and people hated him a lot. And by when the, the revolution started, you know, pe- people really were terrified of like, you know, even photographing next, next to them. You know, right. no, no one wanted that. It was that that type of fear. So when they took down these statues, it was just a very liberating moment. And whenever I, I read that title and I listen again to the demonstration, always, you know, bring back the images, you know, the videos I saw in Syria. Again, you know, very emotional album for me. Bay, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for firstly talking through your record, having loved it for so long. It's been such a treat to Thank you so much. Actually I really loved it because you know I really remember a lot of important things today. You know, I really love that I went through those those the records again. <laughs> so glad. Yeah. I've yeah. had a great time with them too. And to everyone listening, see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>